Welcome to the affiliate interview series by Statstro. This is episode number two. Our next guest, Katie DiStefano. She's worked her way up from customer support at an iGaming company, now director of community marketing at Online Gamblers. Let's get to it. So hello, welcome to our affiliate interview series with Statstrone. I'm here chatting with Katie DiStefano, if I've said that properly. Yes, that's right. And you're with Online Gamblers, correct? That's right. I'm with Online Gamblers and US Affiliate. Nice. Um, so you've recently joined the team as Director of Community Marketing. So tell us why you joined. Well, um, I joined about seven months ago now, so it's still fairly new, I think. Um, but the reason I joined was because I spoke to the owners who um, then I wish to work more with our brand that was working a lot with responsible gambling, which is something I'm very passionate about. Um, <clears throat> and the idea was that most Americans right now, they don't know how to gamble. They've always, you know, because it hasn't been legal, they've gone to their friends or cousins or wherever. Um, and that's not very safe usually. So my goal now with the director of community marketing at Online Gamblers is to educate Americans on how to gamble safely and responsibly. So our motto is safe and legal for the win. And we're trying to teach them about, for example, using um, responsible gambling tools in a preventative matter rather than when it's too late. We're trying to teach them of how to find out which casinos are legal, because usually like in Europe, you find a little find a little logo on the bottom and stuff. And it's that's not a requirement in the US states. So usually, for example, you have to go into the state's uh, own government webpage to find out which one is legal right now. And they update once per day. Um, and it's not very easy to find that. But that's one of the things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to teach people how to do it safely, where they can go, um, and focus more on attention, simply. Well, I had no idea. So you just taught me something about the US market that I just assumed was a reality. <laughs> No, no, unfortunately, it's not. It's very, very common that the most Americans that go in now and start to play, they, they have no idea. And I think a, a misconception as well within the gambling industry in the US is that a lot of people in the industry in the US think that new players to online are already land-based players, which are not. Mm. Usually, the new players have never been to land-based either, and they have a bet online. So they're all brand, brand new and just trying to learn, like, what is the spread? How do I count odds? You know, stuff like that. So that's what we're trying to teach. Sounds like you've got a lot of data behind you. So the yes. next question yeah. is, uh, what have you learned from working? Uh, I noticed that you worked at Bets and Customer Support. So uh, my question is kind of like, you know, I'm sure that experience translates to what you do today. But also, if you've got any hilarious or annoying stories of uh, customers that you've had to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, so I started out in Best and Customer Support when I was 19. It was one of my first jobs, actually. Um, I moved to Malta by myself and didn't know anyone. So basically, I was thrown into the industry and work, colleagues and customers became my life, more or less. I used to dream about the chats and emails like I got and like replying them in my sleep. Um, but I think it's one of the best years like I've ever had in my career, like. It was amazing working with Betson, such good team spirit and everything. And I think like funny stories with customers I had. Um, so I was a normal customer support agent at the time, um, but I was working with a VIP who basically, in the beginning, he had more of a liking of me, I think. So whenever he had a problem, he would call into customer support and ask for me. But then it started to become 
daily where he would not have a question just asking for me to talk about with me like for a long time and it could go on for an hour and I was like do you have any questions I can help you with regarding Tibet and he's like coming up with questions just to keep talking and then I think after like two or three months he admitted that he was in love with me and like asked me to move to Sweden and be with him and I was like no I'm just working trying to be professional like very weird but uh, I think shortly after that I left customer support and I heard he kept calling in asking for me but they couldn't tell them that I wasn't there anymore <laughs> so that's a weird story but I think the one I usually think about the most uh, now it's been what is it 11 years since I worked in customer support but the one story I think about the most is um, there was one guy who called in I just like worked I think a month or something so I was brand new in customer support and um, he called in and said he was going to kill himself if we didn't give him back all of his deposits. Um, and, you know, I was so brand new and I was like, I was muting it and telling my manager, I'm like, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know how to handle it. And he was like, you cannot hang up. You have to stay on the line and talk to him. Calmly explain, like, you can call these phone numbers for possible gambling help, you know. And I think I was on the phone with him for over an hour and just tried to talk to him. And I think, I, I know long time after, like we closed his account and everything. Um, and I think like I, I Googled him afterward to make sure he was okay, but it was really tough for me. And it's something I'll never forget um, how deep you can fall in when it comes to gambling addiction. Um, so I always try to keep that in mind when I've kept working. And that's why it's one of my main goals today that I want to teach people that you, you don't have to go that far like you have to think like where how much can I afford to spend and plan it thoroughly stick to your budget stuff like that um, and it's just break my heart I remember he was saying that he has taken his kids money and stuff like that stuff you don't want to hear really um, so I'm, I'm working everything I can do today to just make sure that uh, we get less people that get to that point yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think our industry is starting to change where responsible gambling is becoming a bit more normalized, where I think it was something that maybe we didn't really want to talk about or acknowledge. But it's, uh, I think the the right and wrong things have happened where companies are doing it because they feel uh, compelled to, like they don't have a choice. But I also see a lot more companies that are actually more proactive than they've ever been, where they're not waiting for the, the laws and regulations to tell them they have to do this. And they're finally actually going, you know what, let's be a leader. And, you know, I think finally we're starting to see some positive change. I think so, too. And I'm so, so proud to see um, more and more companies come up with initiatives to encourage for gambling. But that's why I don't know if you saw the New York Times article that was posted a couple of weeks ago. Did you see them about uh, the sports betting industry? I think I heard about it. I, I saw a lot of okay. LinkedIn comments on that topic. <clears throat> so one of the things that I found found very very strange criticized by new york times was they kind of not, not made fun but they criticized us of trying to come up with their own rules and basically they said that we were trying to um govern our own industry by coming up with responsible gambling rules but we're not like really following proper or i don't know but basically they were saying that we should wait for regulation um, before we take action because we don't know that this is working and I think the complete opposite I think it's amazing the operators and other um, providers or like us affiliates are trying to stop this in an earlier matter like we can't wait because I think the problem especially looking at other countries like Sweden Spain for example um, the regulators there who set up the regulation have no idea how gambling works 
So it's more like pushing them onto the black market. And I don't want to see that same mistake happen in the US. That's why I think it's so great that everyone working in the US legally are trying to make sure that we don't get to that point where there's no sponsorship on uh, Scorch or there's no rec uh, retention bonus or stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's great that they're trying. Yeah, and I think it's important that those people that work on the land base and the regulation side connect to the people like us that have been working in the space for a long time in the online space and go, we know how it is and we we know everyone and everything. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, let's let's combine all this knowledge and, you know, this this should probably make the best way forward. I think, unfortunately, we're getting a lot of case studies of like when certain countries do things in a certain way and they encourage that black market to thrive. It's kind of like, well, there's your evidence. Like if you want to go down that path, you're going to become that next uh, country that's exactly. not really done it right. No, no, exactly. And I think one country that I think has done it, okay, so Colombia, they have done questionable things, but when it comes to gambling regulation, I think they've done an amazing marketing campaign where um, they have this motto, betting legal is betting on the health of Colombians, because they give a certain percentage of all their uh, gaming tax revenue to um, uh, health department. So they pay for hospital, doctor salaries, ambulances, and stuff like that. And I think that's amazing because then people are more encouraged to actually help their community. If they're going to gamble, they might as well have the community. Um, what I'm missing in the U.S. is that um, there's more marketing around that as well. Because the U.S., a lot of states do the same thing. Money of the tax revenue goes to education or to infrastructure or to help homeless people. This, depending on the state, they do a lot of different stuff, but most people don't know about that in the US. Yeah. They think it's just like going money to all these fat cat suits, uh, or how do you say, like, yeah. Yeah, it's um, going to just big business. Of, exactly. And I'm seeing a lot of posts in the US like, oh, is there any charity casinos or where all the money just go to good uh, goodwill or whatever. Um, and I'm trying to explain to people, well, there's a certain percentage in your state that gives to these things. So, But again, people are not educated, and that's why we're trying to change yeah, that's awesome. Um, so next question, I noticed on your LinkedIn uh, that you do business and marketing coaching and mentorship. So I wanted to mm -hmm. hear more about that. So right now, when it comes to marketing, I'm exclusive for, to online gamblers. Uh, but previously, I've helped with setting up marketing campaigns uh, for um, operators. Like I do uh, normal retention campaigns. That's very, very common. Again, working in customer support and VIP and CRM for 10, 11 years. You've seen all the campaigns there is, more or less. Uh, so I've done, I think I have um, a lot of experience when it comes to retention, and that's one of them before. But again, now when I'm working with affiliation, um, this is all brand new to me. So the only thing I'm doing when it comes to marketing really on the outside is mentorship. Um, so I help a lot of people that want to start with LinkedIn and do LinkedIn videos. Uh, I teach them how to... Um, build a script and what to think about when you're filming and maybe how to edit, set the subtitles, stuff like that. Just very, very easy stuff that doesn't take a lot of time for me. Um, and it's more for me to get to know people, um, just get a good connection and um, hopefully get them out there somewhere because there's so many talented people in our industry. But a lot of people feel so scared to get out there. They're trying like I feel like if they're doing wrong the first time, people are just going to think they're like weird. And it's not like that. It's trial by error. You know, you have yeah. to do it several times. Yeah. And uh, I always say this. They say that the first hundred videos is the worst. So you just have to get through the first hundred and then you get there. 
Yeah, it sounds like you're sending a lot of uh, criticism and feedback towards my direction. No, you're doing amazing. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding, but uh, you know, um, you know, it's the same thing for me. Uh, starting this year, it's uh, I've not really done much video, and it was pretty intimidating to get started. And I pretty much knew that the first 100 or whatever videos were going to be not the best, but I kind of wanted to have them to to look back on them and say, you know, I think for anyone that's actually done well in the like videos, they all have their their ugly first video to look upon, but they're yeah. actually proud of it. They're like, look at what I was back then. And I kind of wanted to say, you know what? We take a lot of pictures to document our history and our life, but why not do it with video? Even if it's work related. Exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, videos is what really captures you now when you scroll on social media. I mean, if, if it's a text, it's so easy to just go by where if it's a really good engaging video, you won't stay. Um, so I think it's, it's really amazing. But when I look at back at it now, like I think my best videos were probably my first 10 ones because I just tried and I was like not expecting anything and I wasn't scared. Now I feel like every video I do, I have expectations and people are like, oh, this is not a good, this is the last one. Or I don't feel like I, I'm a lot more picky now. So it takes a lot more time to just do it where I think my first three videos I did in the one day, I just changed outfit wrote all the script change like where I was so it was like different backgrounds but they were all made in the same day um and they were amazing and I'm really happy with them but now I can't make it as good <laughs> we'll see yeah you set yourself up yeah <laughs> sorry yeah. that's all good so my next question is do you think people should do more how many hours every week does your team spend checking all of your stats you know clicks signups ftds CPAs earned, revenue, and commissions? Are you storing this data manually on spreadsheets? Surely there has to be a better way. That's exactly what StatsDrone is for. Save hours and focus on work that makes you more money and use the app to optimize your campaigns so you know where to send more traffic to. Oh, and other features? Discover nearly 900 iGaming affiliate programs, get account balances, save notes on all your deals, stay on top of trends of your own data, Oh, and you can also store the data on your own server and super fast onboarding. Visit www.statsdrone.com and give the app a try for free. Volunteer work, because I noticed that you've got a, a lot of that in your, your LinkedIn. Um, volunteer work, I mean, I think it's good. It's always good to help other people like you have nothing to lose if you have some extra time you can always just give some good advice um when it comes to like spending a lot of like volunteer boards and stuff like that i think yes i think you get a lot of experience from it that can be used later on and maybe even get to know someone that can introduce you to your next client or your next project or whatever so i think the more you can be out there the better that's why for example not that it's the same being a volunteer, but going to a conference as well. Even though I'm not planning maybe to meet someone, it's so important to just, with LinkedIn as well, it's just important to be out there, to be seen. Um, that way it's like when you, it's like the Coca-Cola uh, method. I think it's called like that. When you mm -hmm. recognize something, you're going to pick it. Yeah. Not heard that, that <laughs> phrase before, but that makes a lot of sense. Oh. Yeah, but it's like, you know, if you're going to go in a, a store and there's all these different colas and the only one you recognize is Coca-Cola, you're going to go with what you know is working, what yeah. is the best. Um, and I've noticed when I've done my LinkedIn videos now, when it comes to like the mentorship as well, 
a lot of people that started up with videos have contacted me because they saw my videos first and they're like, I know you did it. So can you help me? Whereas awesome. they might have more of a problem just finding someone who's good with videos. They don't know if they're going to help them for free or what they're going to charge and stuff like that. So it's a lot easier to go with what you know. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, so I also noticed that you've, uh, you've got courses and certificates for the iGaming Academy and Pentasia. So I wanted to know mm -hmm. like how, how much did those help shape your experience in, in iGaming? Um, Pentasia specifically, that was the reason I managed to get into iGaming. Um, so I moved to Malta, I think by myself and I was looking for a job for a solid two months. Um, just to customer support, but it's so difficult. This was 2011 and everyone wanted someone with gambling experience, but obviously I didn't have any because I just finished high school. Um, and um, I saw this course from Pantasia that was like introduction to iGaming. Um, and I decided just, okay, I'll spend my last money, money go on that and maybe just see if I meet someone. I went and I met so many people that said like most of the people in the course, I think I was the only one who was new. And other people was like programmers, so maybe someone who worked with a casino who wanted to learn about sport and stuff like that. Um, and I went, I think it was three times a week for three weeks or something. Um, and I learned so much. And as soon as I had that certificate, I got uh, three offers in one day. One of them was Betson wow. and I took it. <laughs> yes, okay. so it was amazing. And iGaming Academy was um, um, fraud, the fraud course. I don't remember exactly what it is. Anti-money laundering uh, and terrorism. Yes. And um, one more, I don't remember exactly, but I did them when I worked with GIG because when you work with an operator, you always have to do these yearly courses. So that's what I did. Um, and I think they're great. I think especially last year in 2019, I did my last course. Um, they've developed so much. Like I did like um, a course where you had to pretend you were in different scenarios and you were the police and you were the court and what to judge. and. It was just amazing now what kind of technology they have to teach everyone working with this. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. Thumbs up to both of them. Yeah. Well, they sound like they're really interesting uh, lead magnets because we obviously see a lot of people, especially in some of the community groups that have like, they're just focused exclusively on iGaming jobs. They're like, where do I get started? And um, it sounds like this is probably one of the better ways to actually get started. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think because everyone is looking for someone who is, either experienced or have passion enough to get into it. And I think that's what showed that I was willing to go this course and actually learn. And I'm not like here for the summer job or something. I really wanted to do it. So I can really recommend that to anyone wanted to get into the industry, just do a little sh uh, short course. Awesome. And last is, uh, how do you see the regulated iGaming markets in the US changing in the next five years? And what excites you about, what do you see happening there? so much like yeah. i am so excited with the us like it's for me dream come true that all of these states are opening up and the the speed it's been now after the pandemic when everyone's looking at it and i had a panel for example in may at iGaming next we were asked to talk about florida texas new york and california i think and when it came to Texas, I was like, nope, it's never going to happen. They're going to be the last ones. Never, never, never. And now they're like actually talking about it. And it's only been a couple of months. And I'm like, what? I, was I wrong like a couple of months ago? So it's just strange how fast. It, I, I think I said there's going to be years Texas are even going to be open to it. But now, again, it's going fast. Um, I think when it comes to regulation, I am hoping to see more iGaming being uh, legalized. And I think 
if New York manages to go through with it, then we're very, very lucky. I think a lot of people will start looking at it to copy it. Um, even though New Jersey has been live for a while, I don't know, people don't see it the same way. They, I think when it comes to other states, that's when people is like, okay, yes, it's working or not working, whatever, it is working. So they're going to be more open to it. Um, I'm hoping maybe in the next five years that at least five states have regulated iGaming. I'm hoping so. That would be amazing. Um, but what excites me the most is seeing... Um, online gambling become normalized, I hope. Like, because I think that's the biggest difference working with the US for me and uh, Europe is that in Europe, gambling is so stigmatized. Whereas in the US, yes, it's stigmatized a little bit, but not in the same way. People are understanding that when you go to the casino, you're there to lose, you're there to spend money. You can't expect to win. Whereas in Europe, everyone has an expectation that they're gonna win or it's just bad and like, whatever. Um, and I'm hoping in the next couple of years, we will see gambling in the U.S. become um, more of an accepted form of entertainment, just like betting on uh, stock or uh, currency. That's also, for me, a type of betting. And I'm hoping that people will see betting on games is also a type of entertainment that you either win on or you lose. You never know. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's my, my expectation and my hopes. <laughs> And I guess that goes hand in hand with the uh, conferences and getting the ability to travel and, uh, you know, experience uh, some of these places. Yeah, I mean, I think I would still travel even if it wasn't for the conferences. But I really love the conferences because the connection, like there's a certain like little community or group of people who go to all of the conferences. It's always the same people. You're one of them. Don't yeah. worry. I know you. <laughs> so... <laughs> And it's just, I love those people because usually those people are so outgoing. And when I go to conferences, that's the time where I learn the most. Like, I'm just talking to people and they're telling me these stories. This has happened to work. This is where we're facing the challenges. And I'm just feeling like I, I'm learning so much. And I'm just absorbing so much knowledge and experience. And it makes me inspired. And I feel like every time I come back from a conference, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm yeah. going to be the rest of my life and just helping out this is my purpose and um yeah i just love it and especially you ask and it has a lot to do with the acceptance of gambling i think because i don't feel the same way when i talk to people in europe and i say that i work with gambling they're like oh no you're you're so bad they're like not that but, you know whereas in the us it's just like oh that's so fun good for you how is it working with the casino and it's just another type so i love that and i, I want to be there to help them not get to the same way that europe is yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. And I think I've experienced that in, in my life and career. Um, so yeah. thank you so much for doing this. Um, I want to ask, uh, like, you know, how can people find you? Like, what are what websites and you know, how can they get a hold of you? First, thanks you so much for having me on. I'm so honored that you wanted to talk to me. If anyone wants to reach me, they can contact me on LinkedIn, Katie Di Stefano, or, uh, of course, through my website, katiedistefano.com. That's the two main ones. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you and hope you have a great day.